Welcome to the Action Practice Building Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bognar, and I help therapists fill their practices with good fit clients while strengthening their communities and holding on to their values. Therapy has the power to make the world a better place little by little, person by person, in a profound and cumulative way, and yet so many therapists are underutilized or struggle to fill their caseloads. My dream for you is a full, bustling practice that allows you to do the work you love, work with the issues you care about, and make enough money to feel relaxed and secure. I've done that for myself, and I'm here to show you how to do it too. I'm glad you're here. Let's take action together. Welcome back to Action Practice Building. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm really excited for this week's episode because it is a really different episode from most of the ones that I have. Uh, This week's guest, Janelle Crummy, approached networking in a way that was totally new to me and gave me some really interesting insight into what she was able to do to make the networking model work for her and to build up her practice and build an incredible community in the part of North Carolina where she lives and practices. So I'm I'm even just going to get the hell out of the way because Janelle has so much to teach you and you're going to love it, but I hope you enjoy it. Folks, welcome back to the Action Practice Building Podcast. I am really excited for today's guest. Her name is Janelle Crummy, and she is a licensed clinical mental health counselor out of Asheville, North Carolina. And get ready because the sum total of Janelle's pursuits is a mouthful and a basketful. She specializes in burnout. She provides individual therapy, clinical consultation with businesses on the subject of burnout. She also offers customizable individual therapy retreats at her scenic mountain office location in the aforementioned Asheville, North Carolina. Janelle, welcome. And is there anything you can't do? (laughs) Uh, Maybe hold a train of thought, but yes, Uh. (laughs) I am a little prolific and I'm coming into just owning that now. Just being a lot. Yeah. If you have the capacity to do a lot, then who would stop you? Who would have the right to stop you? (laughs) And that's really meaningful for our sort of theme here at Action Practice Building, because we talk about building our businesses through networking, which takes a lot. It takes action. Mm -hmm. It takes work and diligence. Mm -hmm. So I'm done taking up space right now. I want you to share with this audience your story, um, how you built your practice. Give it all to us and don't spare any details. Okay. Well, so being a part of the Asheville therapist community is a gift and a blessing. I was watching the kind of Facebook boards go across my kind of final year in graduate school, getting familiar with some therapist names nearby. And I was watching the way that people are sharing cases and being a super altruistic about not competitiveness and mm. basically just sharing. There's always enough. It's an abundance mindset. Um, Allison Prier is based out of here and mm. uh, Jane Carter and Patrick Casal is part of the rest of this community. And we basically know how to take care of each other. So mm-hmm. I just jumped in after graduating and in discovering that I would start a private practice, which was a surprise to me, I began just getting to know anybody who was more senior to me, doing the coffee dates, doing the usual, tell me how you built your business type stuff mm-hmm. um, and listening. And then occasionally a case would come come through from you know a meeting I had six weeks ago or whatever. And I was like, okay, this, this counts. This is real. It's worth it. It's worth the, the hour that it takes to go to a coffee shop. Well, let me ask, sorry. And I, I want to hear this, but I want to break in because you mentioned something really amazing. You were already looking at the community and how to build your practice before you finished grad school, which mm-hmm. is so forward thinking. I certainly mm-hmm. wasn't anywhere approximately near there before graduating. How did you know 
That's my first question. Then I have another one. But tell me, how did you know to start that look that early? Um, our professor hosts the Ash Area Counseling Professionals Association Facebook group. So okay. what was happening was she was also hosting these one-hour CEU events every Friday. So I was kind of like getting in the same room with the therapists. And then you were allowed to enter the Facebook group if you were a graduate student. Mm. Um, so before you had a business. So I was watching that just because I was allowed to access it. Nice. So you got, there was somebody that actually led you because in a lot of people's experiences, they don't have somebody who is helping them at that level where they're super early on saying like, Hey, you should look forward to this. You can tell it's a part of the culture because even my professor is doing, is offering these networking opportunities, the CEU monthly on the last Friday uh, for us to learn a thing, hear from each other, teach each other things. And then there's before and after like uh, hangout time. So it's so productive. everybody's assumption that that we just, we do this. And yeah, like to carry on, I was going to our monthly gathering that a a colleague, uh, Gordon Smith of mine hosted called Not Working. And Uh it was a networking event. It was at a restaurant, same one every time, get a drink, talk with whoever you see, exchange some cards, whatever. I basically think my idea for what I eventually, what I do now came from watching that be successful. Watching Um, that Taco Bell just be bumping four times a year, (laughs) right? Just nothing but gorditas as far as the eye can see, right? (laughs) It was like a nice little French place. And yeah, people will get a little schnookered, I think. (laughs) Um, One of the things I'm already observing in you that I like is that you name names. And I think that's so Mm. good. Folks, Mm. take a, a page out of Janelle's book here. Because Janelle has already name dropped like six people doing awesome things in the world of therapy, which is rad. And I want to follow that example. And I want you to follow that example. Everywhere you go, be talking about the people that are doing great work and doing great things. Anyway, sorry, go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just learned that. Thank you. Let's see. So I just kind of leaned in. I was like, this culture is, is altruistic. It's safe. Just take a risk and get out there and do the coffee thing. Mm-hmm. Some people told me that they did 90 meetings in 90 days. Oh. Um, and they just go hard and their practice gets built. So Are you like, sure they weren't just talking about getting sober? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that person in particular. Oh, got it. Okay. So, so there's the like networking outside of just therapists where like in that first year I gave a burnout talk based on a paper I wrote just the year before Then like somebody asked me to talk to a group of chiropractors who were having a networking thing. Mm -hmm. And so I invited a friend. I said, do you want to talk with these chiropractors with me? Because I'm scared. Uh, (laughs) So we faced that together. And then 2020 came along. So it was really wall-to-wall clients, very little uh, networking. Actually, I think maybe my clinical consultation groups were where some cases were getting passed around and getting to know me clinically was basically the focus of that year. Transitioning to private pay in 2021 was a whole burst of um, networking activity nationally yeah. instead of locally. That was a whole nother ball game realizing, oh, it benefits me that someone in Atlanta knows me. No it kidding, It benefits huh? me that someone in Colorado knows me. It benefits me that, uh, right, like, or that, that private pay therapists in other states and cities have been in conversation with me in the message yes. boards. Um, Tell people so, why that matters. Cause that, cause that's so huge and nobody knows that it matters to have somebody outside of your state. know yeah. you. Tell us about well, that. One, there's the benefit of you providing accurate referrals outside of state. 
mm-hmm. you knowing who other people are. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, so everybody has a cousin in another state. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> Not really. But, um, but yeah, it's the fact that people are mobile, people move, um, mm-hmm. good referrals are good business for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there a reason I'm forgetting? Cause I feel like you, I sh- no, should know. I mean, I think, I think that's exactly, <laughs> no, people really need to hear that. The only thing that I would append to that is that like, sometimes somebody might come to me, Nick, and say, who do you know in Asheville? And it might be that you are full, but you, but knowing you, you can send me to to somebody who's great. And I mean, I I had a thing recently, a colleague who is not in therapy reached out to me and said, there's a person in my life who really needs a really specific kind of care. And it's so bad that we can't get it in this person's home state. And so we're willing to travel anywhere in the United States to get this kind of treatment. And I didn't know anyone in it. So I started making phone calls. And fortunately, there were four or five people making phone calls. But it was one of those things where the the benefit that this person had was that at least I knew some of the questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things, whether it's a, a direct thing where like, yeah, I know somebody in Georgia, I'll have you do it. Or whether it's just the fact that I know somebody who knows somebody in Georgia, those connections are so valuable. And to clients mm-hmm. who sometimes can't even get the services they need in their own area or with their own networks, it's invaluable. And imagine just the improvement of the referral from the, the the person's network that is an accurate referral as opposed to Googling, which yes. the best clinician may still not have, uh, like show up in the appropriate spot for the person who might have searched every single state. A thousand percent. Well, and, it, and it's really a false equivalency that the person who is doing the best SEO is the best therapist. It might be, it could be. But there, there's really no guarantee there. And so without mm-hmm. our help to be able to provide referrals, people are relying on, do I like this person's face yeah. on psychology today? And did they show up when I Googled my zip code? Yeah. And that's just, to me, that's so yeah, crappy. People deserve better than that. Yes. Yes. So then um, just thinking about like, when a person, like for me, the, the current thing that I'm like um, promoting is the individual retreat days. So mm-hmm. um, Asheville being a place that people come and and do healing. They also come for vacation and nice meals and um, the mountains and everything. And I'm like, I- Okay, hold actually- on. Let's not short sell that. Why do people come to Asheville for vacations and for meetings and for healing? <laughs> uh, because the air um, is fabulous. Because the air is fabulous and it's fucking gorgeous. Don't bury the lead here. Yeah. Asheville yeah. is gorgeous it is not a coincidence that you're hosting healing retreats there yeah yeah. if you've never been there folks you got to see it anyway go ahead my um the county that i'm in is just north of um anyway it basically the the tagline for the county i'm in is the jewel of the blue ridge and it's not a lie yeah (laughs) it is actually the blue ridge's jewel okay So for me, right, my national network matters because I want people who do one-to-one therapy every day to know that if they ever said, I'm going to Asheville and I want to also get away from my kids or I want to also like do a certain thing, they would benefit from knowing that Janelle is out here. She could do a half day, whole day with you because you love therapy and Mm -hmm. we can consult about your work. And then it's a smooth referral. She's on vacation, but she's also doing therapy and we're looking at a mountain view. It's just, it's good for me to know people outside of town. I have to, basically. Yeah, that's oh so true and so important. And another thing that you mentioned before that I also want to say when you're talking about getting asked to, to give this talk to chiropractors is that the more you're out there, you you can get opportunities that you never thought about. 
Like you can get opportunities. Like who would have thought that you, that you would go speak to a group of, of chiropractors? And yet I also think that's not an idea that many of us could build our businesses off of. I mean, unless you were, unless you were like, I'm the guy that talks to chiropractors about burnout, you know, just send me, you know, I'm a traveling <laughs> chiropractor burnout guy. But, and yet that talk needs to be had. And there are people who want you to give that talk if you're, if you're out there meeting them. Here's what is bonkers. I have never promoted my clinical consultation work besides having a page that I can send people to and like manifesting it because of a website. Um, all of the gigs I've ever had have happened because of relationships and something else happening in a conversation with a person who knows me, who knows I'm into the burnout stuff. So like so what do you make of that? supervisor, like I just did supervision. I got uh-huh. my full license and a year or two later, my supervisor is in a conversation with her neighbor. And therefore I have a gig with a financial institution doing a burnout talk for them. It's because I care about the thing that Uh I offer. And I talk about that and I stick with it for years that eventually the time that it takes for word of mouth referrals to come around actually transpires and the business comes. Yes. But let's also not bullshit. I mean, you're also maintaining those relationships. I mean, those people wouldn't send those people to you if they didn't think you were great. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. you all, you folks listen to this. You got to be out there and you got to talk as assuredly and as expertly as Janelle does, but then you also have to be in relationship Mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. oh, that's, and you've never had to promote it once. That's so fucking cool. Check this other stuff out. So I like, I get really creative and it's fun. Um, So during the the year of nerding out on going to private pay, Mm-hmm. I translated what I was learning into a networking opportunity for fellow therapists who were on the fence about private pay, interested in the process, not sure if they have what they need, what the steps are. So it's a combo like education and networking Zoom call that I was hosting in order to let people both know each other that they can be referring to each other um, and to see me as someone who knows how, who can support uh, individuals in transitioning their business over that was fun and and yeah. awesome and astute and it sounds like it served two purposes so what was that like tell me what the like if i was a fly on the wall which i know which i was what would i have seen oh it would have been like uh somebody talking about how much notice should i give um my caseload and i'm just so sick of this insurance company um I'm talking about their reasons for wanting to change um talking about fees and how uh much to charge and what makes sense and also the new structure that they want to do with combining um sliding scale and- so it sounds like they're commiserating they're being mm-hmm. validated that their frustrations with the insurance panels are valid and not mm-hmm. something that they should stop shutting up about which there's a lot mm-hmm. of conflicting messages about <laughs> and then it also sounds like you created a space where people could come in and ask questions from people who would know about what it takes or what it's like to transition to private pay mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. we've talked about mentorship before people this is the kind of mentorship that we all need we need somebody who's willing to tell us what we need to know in order to make these transitions mm-hmm. so two more stories I think one is brief. One is like, okay, so the beautiful scenic mountain office location that I have um, had to have an open house, right? I had to like, let people know what it's like to be here. So I happened to have a birthday last year. So I like had a couple therapist friends up, but it's like, they had to meet each other. So my groups of people that I know from various places all got to combine. Um, and I got to be the the social glue uh, for other people making connections and benefiting from 
just wanted to hang out and have a birthday party and show my office off. <laughs> yes. Okay. So tell me about being the social glue. Like for the people, because I think a lot of people are scared of that. A lot of people think like, oh, please, God, don't let me be the social glue that holds these people together. Where is the benefit or the joy in that or both? Um, it's pretty much, I would call it selfish. I, I just really think it's really neat when um, in previous lives, when I've seen like this person who knows me from there, that person who knows me from there, like meeting each other, it makes me feel like I have no idea. Awesome like it's, and powerful. It, yeah. Just like, um, like it's, it's, it's verifies that I'm likable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a double witnessing. Hey, uh, that person likes you like her too. Okay, cool. <laughs> I totally, I had a, I had a, a reverse experience yesterday. I was talking to a clinician in the area, Adian Groth, who I used to supervise, who's wonderful. And she told me about getting to spend some time with one of my um, associates, Cynthia Greenberg Dunlop, who's great. And she was like, Cynthia is amazing. I was just thinking they're like, um, yeah, oh my God, she's so amazing to sit with. I know people want to sit with her. And I and I was like, yeah. And then I had this little flash of like, so y'all were hanging out without me? Like, <laughs> tell me about this. Tell me about this gathering that could succeed without me because <laughs> because this is bullshit. I'm so jealous. Excuse um, me. Excuse me. <laughs> Yeah. Try that feedback. Tell me <laughs> I will. I'll call Cynthia if this ever, ever. <laughs> um, so here's the here's the fun, the fun one. Yeah. Um, so for over a year now, this one I feel like it's sticking, right? And it, it was inspired by the not working. Um, and it just came from I was, I was, oh my gosh, at a retreat, deepening a relationship with a fellow clinician. And we were like, okay, let's like plan a retreat. And so there was this whole effort that I did this last fall to host a group retreat. Um, but prior to that, she and I had a dinner meeting, right? We mm -hmm. were like, oh, let's just go somewhere fancy and enjoy. Um, and in that conversation, basically it resulted in um, like awareness that all I ever really want to do is go out to eat and talk to other therapists. Amen. Um, <laughs> and she did too. Uh, so we were like, uh, what if we just like made, I think our community doesn't really have like a, a just about eating group. So what if we gathered up the people who want to uh, do this thing uh, on occasion and let's host some, host some outings. Mm -hmm. um, so basically the Western North Carolina therapist culinary club was born um and we kicked it off at like a taco place actually was um and you know 18 people came and it yeah. was fun it's and then out. you know people rsvping to stuff and so we can do a variety of events large open uh ended events small reservation events we had like a dinner at a very emerging restaurant with like just five seats available um oh, wow. We had, I mean, over the course of the year, basically doing this monthly, I've gotten to know so many other therapists. We've had a brunch at a taco place. <laughs> it's all taco tacos. Outings. Had been lots of tacos. Well, you um, know what they say, you can't throw a rock in Durham, North Carolina, or in uh, Asheville, North Carolina without hitting a taco stand. Am I right? <laughs> no, I think that what they say is you can't swing a yoga mat without hitting a therapist. <laughs> Allison per year, said, per year said that exact thing to me. And I suspect it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure sticker actually. But yeah, so we are doing these dinners, right? And it's like people go to the dinner because they're like, who am I going to meet? Who gets to know about me? How do I get to learn about their work? And like, can we just have fun? 
And so what's come of that is like, oh, uh, the months go by. One of my like current clients is from a coach that I met there. Um, it's just, it it works. Networking works. As I think. Works. Okay. So, so my first question is you said the Asheville community is a gift and it is altruistic and safe. Those are words that you used. And you mentioned Alison Pereira, who's amazing. Um, she hosts the Abundance Party. If you all are not familiar with that, you should be. She's really wonderful. You mentioned a couple other people that I haven't met, but who sound great. So here's my question. Does the community, like which came first? Did the community create these people or did these people create the community? Well, I'll be remiss if I don't also mention Jane Carter, my coach, mm. uh, my mm. current coach. The whole point is that I guess the the lore goes that at one point there was a gathering. <laughs> I heard <laughs> and, tell. And um, Allison says, uh, "I just really like helping people build their practices." And Jane's like, "I just really help like helping people build their businesses." And they both just get to do that now. Uh, I forgot the question. So it sounds like the people built the thing, which is that you had a couple mm-hmm. of really strong presences in terms mm-hmm. of networking and in terms of building a really positive community. And they had this effect yeah. on the area that persists in your grad school instructor who got you to join this group and in you and in your colleague who start who hosts these dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really an instance, folks, where you have a few great people doing great things and then the entire community benefits from it, which we should... Yeah. I hope one. I hope that's the direction that my community heads in. We've got wonderful people, but there's not quite a centralized like yeah. community like that. And that helping other people thing. I think uh, most communities really struggle with therapists feeling like they have to be in competition with one of those. I fully realized that it was special when I went to a retreat in Tennessee and I was talking to a bunch of people in from uh, like Kansas City or something, and they didn't know each other. They were right. at the same retreat and they had never met. And I was like, yeah. I would have known the name of a person from Asheville who had come here. Right. Definitely. Like just because of how much connection is going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it is certainly something that is replicable. Um, it might be, it takes time. Like all culture change takes time, but sure. it's worth it for, for like having good feelings. Cause I currently consider the whole of that community, my coworkers as I'm not yeah. myself, um, but I don't have to ever be alone. I can consult with anybody about something at the drop of a hat. Um, yes. just because... So you're providing better care and they're providing better care, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me ask you this last question. So if other people are listening to this, I mean, this is inspiring, frankly, and you can listen to the other episodes. I All the guests are amazing, but inspiring is a word that I use sparingly. Ooh. If you're one of these people and you're in a community that's not Asheville and you want us and you want to engender this kind of community where you have where you want to host one of these get togethers at a dinner place or you want to host something that brings people together. What would you recommend to a therapist who hasn't done that before and is just starting out in that? Number one, I would say make it sustainable and pleasurable for you. Mm. Um, If I think about the reason like that I can continue showing up month after month at a dinner mm-hmm. um, is because like also as like a brand new parent uh, with an infant right now, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I did that over her first year um, is because I want to do this. I want to hang out with those people and I want to eat that food. Um, so mm. for you, it is, you want, you're a yoga integrated therapist. It might be that you host the yoga outings you find the locations, you uh, get the guest teacher, you um, right, make it 
a thing that you actually want to do. Um, and then it's a long game. So keep on going. Mm-hmm. I was noticing that what's easy visibility for me now, which might have been really scary years ago, is just the fact that there's a new dinner every month. Oh, I get to talk about where the next dinner is. Where's the next dinner? That's actually more visibility. I'm not showing up on camera at all, but my posts right. are there. And yeah. so someone said, oh, there's Janelle again. She's got another something I might consider going to. And then I get that much more. Um but it's only because it's a recurring event that I get that many reps. And so you got to, if you're going to have that many reps, folks, take her advice to heart, make it sustainable and pleasurable for you because it's like anything. I mean, the reason we're doing this is because we love doing it. And the reason we want to keep doing it is because we love doing it. So don't set yourself up to be committed to something that you're going to fucking despise. And there's ways that you can <laughs> adjust it to make it palatable. Well, yeah. Janelle, this has been inspirational. And I really appreciate this, folks. I hope you listened closely to Jill's story because there's so much to get from it. So let's say that somebody has listened to this story and they're saying, God damn it, I'm so sick of hearing Nick's voice, but I want to hear Janelle's voice mm-hmm. all the time. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to do um, a uh, ther- an individual therapy retreat in beautiful, scenic Asheville, North Carolina, where the air tastes as sweet as ambrosia. Um, or mm-hmm. maybe you uh, are a chiropractor and you've happened upon <laughs> this podcast for some reason, but whatever it is, whatever it is that's drawing you to Janelle, how would these people find you other than at a restaurant in Nashville? Yeah. Um, thank goodness. I used to <laughs> not go out enough at all. My regular clinical website is growthpointcollaborative.com. Mm-hmm. My retreat website is growthpointretreats.com. Mm-hmm. Um, a special project that I'm on right now for uh, advocacy for breastfeeding breadwinner people is found at breastfeedingbreadwinners.com. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I like want to reserve space for websites I haven't even started yet, but uh, I'm <laughs> that, yeah, that's amazing. Exactly. To just announce them to just stake your claim right now. So that if somebody comes to it later. I really thought of one the other day. I was like, I think I might do it. I heard of, I just, as a side note, I heard the other day about somebody was telling me about a local therapist in the area who like had some domain and had something and then let it lapse for years. And somebody else organically thought of the same name and showed up and that therapist sued them. And the advice from the lawyer is like, this person is super litigious. You just need to rename it. And I was just like, wow, like this is the opposite of that community. Like, can you imagine just like just firing a cease and desist at poor therapists? Mm. Anyway, it's crazy. Okay. So we ended up getting referrals. That's one way. (laughs) Yep. That's one way to build up your, uh, your stance in the community is to sue people. But disregard that. Pay attention to everything Janelle said. Janelle, thank you so much for making time for action practice building. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for what you're doing. Hey there. I hope you're getting a lot out of the Action Practice Building podcast, but I'm excited to tell you that Action Practice Building isn't just a podcast. It's also a live course that gives therapists skills and support to start networking authentically and get great fit referrals. I created a course that is exactly what I wish I'd had when I was trying to build my caseload, a 12-week course that gives real skills and actionable goals to help you build your dream practice without having to feel icky or compromise your values. If you take action practice building, you'll emerge after three months with a different mindset around networking. You'll learn skills to build relationships with folks who can help you build your caseload. You'll have a set of action steps that you can use throughout your entire career to keep you connected and your business thriving. You'll also get to be a part of the action practice building community, which is a growing group of people who value ethics and client outcomes, as well as supporting other gifted clinicians. Like I said, this is what I wish I'd had when I was building my practice through trial and error. 
If you want to learn more about my Action Practice Building course, visit actionpracticebuilding.com to learn more. I'll see you there.